0: And welcome to the podcast for Christ Community Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. This is a message given by Tom Job on Sunday morning, May twenty second, two 2022, from the Gospel of John in chapter 15.
1: I was going to read, but I don't have a Bible, but I know what it says. In John chapter 15, verse 4, Jesus said, abide in me lord help us to understand what this means this mysterious um the world is waiting for people to understand what this means help us to get it for our little place and our little corner of the world in jesus name amen so when we um so when tina and i when we moved to um italy with our kids there was a lot of stuff that um you just don't understand, like when you just move there. Like we, So we always had the thing where, you know, it comes from the American Sign Language, where you say, um, I love you, and you just do like this, you know? So we always did that to each other when we were leaving. I love you, I love you, like that. So we lived on the, I guess in the second place we lived, it was like the seventh floor. So I'd be going out for the day, and she'd be out the window and just doing that. So in Italy, they also do this, but it means something else. It means, um, It means what we mean, we, I guess you would say we use digital economy, like we only use one finger to say that, so it's the same same thing, and people were like, what are they, what? Those people are so weird, look at what they're saying to each other, but um, it just took a little minute to get the hang of stuff when you weren't used to it. I I remember Joan Fiore, she's one of the missionaries that we support in Italy, and her mom came to visit, and um, so... In Italy, you go to the store every day. Like, you, There's the bread store, and there's the fruits and vegetable store, and you're not allowed to touch like anything. And so she, her mom wanted to get adventurous, and she wanted to go to the fruit store by herself. And so she said, I want five apples, Joan. And I know I can't touch anything. I just have to tell the guy, so how do you say five? And she said, Mom, five is cinque. So she practiced it, cinque, cinque, cinque. And she went to the store and came back with no apples. And she said, Mom, what happened? She said, I told them that I wanted cinque apples. And um, and Joan said, "Mom, he doesn't know what apples are." And she said, "Joan, everybody knows what apples are. <laughs> like, but the, but um, it's just. I remember my kids. Like when the kids, when Mary was like seven, and the other guys were preschool, and the first time my mom ever came to visit, and they they were walking down the street with my mom, and so and like our kids learned Italian in about like two weeks, and so they um so they'd be walking down the street, and a woman would come up and go." Oh, buongiorno, bambini! guarda questi bambini quanto sono belli, and um, and my mom would say to Mary, um, "What did she say?" And Mary would look at my mom and say, "I don't really know what you're asking me." Like she she said, "Buongiorno, bambini! guarda questi bambini quanto sono belli." <laughs> What's wrong with you? Like what? <laughs> so, but, um, but it was so. But it was also true. Like for Italian, like we had a lot of young. Italian people that came to know Jesus. And they were coming into a world um, that they didn't know or understand. And that took, like, a whole lot of getting used to. So we started this little kind of a church in our apartments and everything. And so we, um, you know, they, like, if you said, like, they didn't know anything at all about the Bible. Like, they had never seen one. They had never opened one. They had never read one. So if you said something like, this is in John 15, 3, they didn't know what that meant. Like, what do you, I don't understand why you're saying, like a, like names and numbers, we just don't get it. So we had to explain what that was all about. I remember one time we were singing a song, like we, in our worship song about Jesus is a good shepherd and he's our shepherd and the Lord is my shepherd. And I asked them, you know, we were probably, I don't know, maybe like 18 people or something. And I said, does anybody know where that comes from in the Bible? And so, and, and nobody knew. So we turned to Psalm 23. So here's like, you know, all these people, for the very first time, so we said, like, psalm. Well, in Italian, it's it doesn't start with a P, so that makes things easier. But it's just like psalm. So we went to the psalm, the 23rd psalm. And we just read it. The Lord is my... They had never read it in their entire life. So, like, you know, 18 people reading for the very first time. The Lord is my shepherd. is Signore è mio pastore. Nulla mi manchera. Mi fari posare lungo i pascoli verdi. It's just... We read the whole thing. He makes me lie down beside still waters. And we got to the end, and everybody was quiet. And then one woman said, bellissimo. And I said, yeah. <laughs> That's why it's in there. Just bellissimo. You know, but, but one thing, although one thing about it was, um, was they were getting used to, like, hearing Christian language and stuff. And like our churches over there were kind of a lot more informal. Like, if anybody had a question, you just ask it or want to say something or what, they just did it. And so, um, so one day, my colleague Dave was giving a sermon to them. And he was talking about, and he said, you can't live. You don't live the Christian life. You have to let Jesus live it through you. Like, he, you can't just like, <laughs> Has, Jesus has to live it through you. And somebody said, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you know what I mean. And they were like, no, I really don't. Like, I don't know what you mean. And he said, well, it's like a glove and a hand. And he was like, you have to brush your teeth. Like, you have to get, you can't ask Jesus to brush your teeth. Like, you have to do, you have to live your, I don't know what you mean. I can't, I have to let Jesus live it through you. And so the more Dave tried to explain it, the more he realized, I don't know what this means. Like, I've been saying it, like, kind of my whole life, and I really don't know what it means when I try to explain it. And, you know, if I think about the Bible, it really doesn't say that. So, you know, it was just kind of, there's stuff like that. So Jesus said to his guy, to in John 15, abide in me. And you're like, what do you mean by that? Like, like abide in you what what does abide mean like when was the last time you ever used the word abide like ever I mean you know you kind of get used to hearing it in church but it's like what are you actually saying it's kind of like I remember one time in a, it was like a peanuts comic strip and um like Sally, Charlie Brown's sister was looking at a book and she said, look at Charlie Brown, look it. And then Lucy, the next one, Lucy was looking at a bug and she said, look at Charlie Brown, look it. And then Linus goes by with a kite and he goes, look at Charlie Brown, look it, look it. And then the last frame, Charlie Brown's kind of looking at you with a question mark face and he goes, look it. You know, it's just kind of like, what does "look at" mean? But but it's kind of like you know what does ab- abide in you? I'm not really sure what you're telling me. Like what does that mean? I know it's super. I can get the feeling it's super important, but I don't know what, what it means when you say abide in me. So I thought, well, if you if you if you if you back up a little bit and try to get a bigger view of like what Jesus was saying, like that's verse four. If you back up all the way. To verse one of chapter 15 of John chapter 15, Jesus said, I am the vine. And you're like, okay, that doesn't really help me. Like, you're like, um, you're like a grapevine? It's like, yeah. Okay, I still don't get it. And I'm like, okay, let's back up a little bit more. So the very last verse of chapter 14. It says, um, Jesus says, arise, let us go from here. So you're like, okay. Uh, Apparently, they got up and left wherever they were and went walking. And Jesus said, I'm a vine. Abide in me. And I'm like... I still don't super get this. And then so it's like, okay, let's back up a little further. So, if you back up all the way to like chapter 13 at the at the very beginning of chapter 13, you get so where the room that they left out of, it says in chapter 13 at the beginning that they... Okay, so this was the Passover. This was like a Passover meal. And so the Passover was like the first holiday in what was like their holiday season. It was kind of like our holiday season, like Thanksgiving through New Year's. It was kind of like a month and a half. So this was the first holiday of the holiday season. And like Mark said, they were in a large upper, upper kind of story to this house in Jerusalem. And... Normally it's like a super happy time, but this year it was kind of uh weird and secretive and mysterious and kind of covert. Like so they said, where are we having the Passover? Lord, and Jesus said, go into the city, and you'll see a guy with a water jar on his head. Don't talk to him or ask him any questions. And in kind of a paternalistic society, there was certain jobs that only women did. And like only women walked around with water jars on their head. But this would be like a dude doing it. So that's kind of your sign. Don't talk to him or anything. Just follow him. And so they're like, this is so strange. So they followed this guy. They found the guy with a water jar in his head. They're like, how did he know he would be there? And then they go and he, they went, he took them to this house and they went upstairs and it was already ready for their Passover. And they're like, who are these people? Like, we're kind of like the guys. I mean, how do we not know people that are in this thing? So but anyway, so they had their Passover there and... Um, it was just different this year. Okay, so who are we talking about? It says the 12. The 12 were in this upper room. Okay, so the 12 that were in this upper room that they walked out of, and Jesus said, I'm a vine and to me. Okay, who were these people? Okay, so the people that were with Jesus at this meal, they were what they called, what we call they, his disciples, which it's not a concept that's like super normal for us but a disciple it's a word that means student they were jesus's students they had volunteered and he had also handpicked them and but not like we think of students it was more like a padawan like you're you're um you're a jedi master and this is your padawan like he is my master like anything that he says i would do it anything that he does i will copy it anywhere that he leads me I will follow him. I am totally committed to him. So that, that had been kind of a gradual thing for them. Like, so. about three years before this, Is this getting confusing? So about three years before this, there were two guys. One of them was John and the other who had a brother named James. And then the other one was Andrew who had a brother named Peter. And they actually, they were students of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was getting everybody ready for the Messiah who is going to come. And he's going to come take over the world. It's going to be amazing. And he's the one that's going to rescue the entire world and rule it. And so... One day they were with him and Jesus walked by the first day they ever saw him and John the Baptist said there he is and so they started following Jesus and they were just literally following him and he turned around and said what are y'all looking for and they're like. That is kind of a complex multi-layered question, so it's going to take a minute to answer that. And they said, "Where are you staying?" And he said, "Come and see." And they went and stayed with him and like spent the whole evening with them and like the most important person in all the world had time for them and it was like super it was super amazing. And they started to kind of follow him part-time, kind of like go on road trips and stuff. And they le- that's in John chapter 1. So they learned that the Messiah was someone in the next chapter who laughed. At weddings and went to weddings and laughed and danced and miraculously brought a wedding back to life that was about to be totally dead by making 120. 120- gallons of wine for it and like it was super amazing and they wound up learning that he was a person who wept at funerals even though he was going to miraculously bring back to life the corpse because they didn't know that and their heart was broken and it broke his heart that we live in a broken-hearted world and that he was a person who in chapter 3 of John stayed up late with an old man who had a lot of anxieties. And the next chapter, they learned that he was a person who went out of his way for a middle-aged woman who had a lot of anger. And they learned that he was a person who welcomed the unwanted and who sought the unseen. And about a year after that, Jesus said, guys, you know enough. Why don't you leave your jobs and follow me for full time? First, he said, come and see. Then he said, come and follow. And they did. And then they followed him for, um, they followed him for about a a year and a half after that. And then they went away on a retreat one time. And uh, Jesus said, who do people say that I am? Oh, some people say you're this, some people say you're that. Who do you say? And Peter said, you are the Messiah. You are the Christ of God. And I'm thinking, he already knew that. He learned that the very first, he learned that two and a half years before this. He learned that the very first day. Andrew, his brother, said, we found the Messiah. He's like, this is the Messiah. What I think he was really saying was, I've always known that you are the Messiah. I never knew that the Messiah would be you. I I never knew that the Messiah would be a laugh at weddings, weep at funerals, stay up late at night, go out of your way, welcome the unwanted, seek the unseen. I never knew that he would be like you. And Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you have to take up your cross. Come and see come and follow, come and die. And they were there. They were like totally, totally committed to that. They were totally committed to him. And that's who they were, who went into that mysterious evening and that kind of secretive room that night at the beginning of the holiday season. And then a month and a half later, at the end of the holiday season, on the holiday of Pentecost, they came bursting out of that room. And they were so filled with joy and so filled with happiness. And they're like, we have something. We want to tell like everyone like there's something has happened and it was totally amazing and they and it's like I am so full of joy and I've got to tell everyone and the city is full of people who don't even speak my language and it's almost like the joy itself made them I'm going to speak it in your language it's just like I got to tell everybody this thing in their own languages it's like you know that night that it was kind of a dark night and we were in that dark room and then at a certain point we walked out of it into the dark city and then we walked down the hill and into a garden and our was arrested, and remember how he was. Y'all know the story, how he was beaten and he was tortured, and how they stripped him and nailed him to that beam and that post until he was dead. And then the third three, like the day the day after the next day, he just burst out of that tomb. And a few days ago, he soared up into heaven. Well, let me tell you what that's all about. We gotta tell, because we have a message. We have a message and a mission. Our message is we've got to tell everybody about this. We've got to tell everybody about our message and our message. Is this is that God loves everyone, and He totally loves everyone. But we have made a complete and total disaster of everything. We've all done a million things that we that we that we're so guilty of, and we're hopelessly polluted. And we can't pay for what we've done, and we can't fix ourselves. But that's why Jesus came. Like that, when He died for us that day. When we walked out into that dark night and then the next day in the middle of the day it got in the whole world literally as dark as H, because he was bearing our hell at that point and he was bearing our judgment and he paid for all of us and that's what we deserve but he paid for everything that we've ever done do or will do and he rose from the dead and he offers a gift to whoever wants it of a complete forgiveness of everything you've ever done do or will do a fresh start a new start who doesn't want a fresh start a new heart a place in God's family and a place in its home forever and it's a gift all you have to do is say I need it I want it I'll take it that's the message that we want to share with everyone. Now we've got a message and we've got a mission. Our mission, we, before we were totally committed, we would follow him everywhere. Now we're commissioned and we're ready to go everywhere and tell people this message. What our job is now is to go everywhere in the world and invite anyone who wants to belong to this into a multi-ethnic, international, global kingdom of those who are willing to admit their guilt, acknowledge his victory, and accept this gift. And that's what we're doing, by the way, in the world. That's the the only reason the world continues to turn is so that people can hear this message. I feel like God's people are getting distracted in all kinds of things that don't really matter. This is what we're doing, people, is just getting out there and loving everyone and inviting them into this kingdom. Peter said in chapter 3 of the book of Acts, the only reason the world continues to turn is because people haven't heard this message and that when they hear it, he said, times of refreshing come. And I was looking up that word. It means a time of breathing easy. We're just helping people get to a point where they can take a deep breath and get a fresh start. And that's, you know, and that so, that's what we're doing. We have a message and a mission, especially people who would be committed to following Him everywhere and now are commissioned to going everywhere and sharing this message. That's what we're doing, people. And OK. With that in mind, um, Jesus knowing that's how committed they were, knowing what was going to happen in the hours ahead, and knowing what the future was going to be for these guys who were going to be commissioned to send to share this message everywhere, and to us who are commissioned to loving people everywhere and sharing this message everywhere, and they were up in that kind of upper room in that those mysterious hours. What do I need to tell you? What's the most important thing that I need to tell you right now, before you guys go out into this world, loving people and sharing the message? So he talked to him about this world's not really our home. I'm preparing a home for you. And then he said, God, the Holy Spirit, is going to come down. And he's going to come inside of you. And he's going to make everything come really super different for you. Come on, let's get out of here. So they walk out of the room. And they walk into the the night through the crowded streets of Jerusalem. And then they walked out the gate, like the, the big gate of the wall around the city, the Golden Gate. And then they walked, um, they were walking down the, Judea, down the hillside towards the stream that was the Kidron Stream, as they were getting ready to go up into uh, an olive grove that they went to lots of times. And this was the time, along those hillsides, there were vineyards. And it was when, and this was the time when they would prune the vineyards. In, in Italian, they call it the time of the potaggia, where, like, so those grapevines are, they planted them. There's one in Slovenia that's 400 years old that's still producing, but it's like they have roots that go down 30 feet and they can be 18 inches around and they come up and they would be a beautiful bush if they let them grow, but they don't. They only let one branch on this side from last year and a new branch from the new year and one branch from the last year and a new branch for this year, just four branches. That's all they do. And they cut off the rest of them and they would pile them up and they were burning them because April was when they were doing this. So, and maybe as they were walking down the hill. They just saw these fires and the silhouette of men and women doing this work and maybe their eyes stung a little bit from the smoke and the idea that this is the, the, this, this is the vine coming out and, you know, able to produce like 40 pounds of grapes every year that would make 25 bottles of wine that would give joy to God and man, it says in Psalm 104. But I don't know if this was the way it was. But walking down that hill on that Judean night, looking at those vineyards, looking at the vine, looking at the branches, Jesus said, that's it. That's it. That's what I would have thought. That's it. This is what I'm trying to tell you. This is the most important thing. I am the see that vine. I am that vine. As you get ready to share this message that everybody needs to hear, and that's all, you, that's what you're doing, people, is sharing this message, loving people, and sharing it with everybody from every ethnicity all over the world, inviting people into the global kingdom of lovers of Jesus. You're the, I'm the, I'm that vine, and you're the branches, and all of the, thou, Nutrients and the water is coming up through me into you my life is because of the holy spirit lives inside of you my life is flowing out into you which you're just a branch you're just a stick you can't use it for furniture you can't use it for firewood you can't use it for walking stick the only thing it's good for is that life coming through you and making fruit which is delicious fruit this is it this is the most important thing and it's like what what are you saying so the fruit what is the fruit it's just the life of Jesus coming through my st- st- stupid old st- I'm just a stick, like through my stick. And then fruit coming out. And what does fruit mean? It's just Jesusiness. It's just the life of Jesus in every way that it manifests itself coming out through me. It's a new hu- kind of human. It's a new humanity, a human being that is Jesus-y, because his life is coming through me. And that's what the world needs right now. So like what the so what does that mean? Like what is the fruit? What are the grapes? Like what? That's the only thing this is about is grapes. It's just like his life. Like it says in, you know. I mean, there's places in the New Testament that helps me understand it, but it's like in Galatians chapter five when he talks about the Holy Spirit of God, almighty God, the Holy Spirit coming to live in me and Jesus through the spirit living in me. And, it, and that jesus this just comes out in love. People who love people when other people don't. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. The word gentle. That's the most important thing in the world right now, is people who are gentle. It's a Greek word that basically means soft, but it was used of sweet wine as opposed to bitter wine. It was used of of soothing medicine as opposed to sour medicine. It was used of soft winds as opposed to harsh winds. People that are soft, who are sweet, who are soothing. What the world needs now, now is that. Like, there's a place, right? You know what I mean? Like, the life of Jesus making me into a sweet person, a kind person. It's like James chapter 3. There's a place where Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 that Jesus is our wisdom. When the life of Jesus flowing through human beings who believe in Jesus, and it comes out in Jesus-iness, and it comes out in wisdom. James says in chapter 3, the wisdom of God, the wisdom from above, is first of all pure, and then it's peaceable. It's a person who loves peace, a person who makes peace. It's a person who 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 likes uh, who likes peace it's a person who who um, it's a person who who laughs at weddings it's a person who weeps at funerals it's a person who just has friends who just makes friends he said it's 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 pure it's peaceable it's kind. It's, the wisdom of God is reasonable. And that's a word that means um, easily persuadable. In other words, I will listen to you. In a world where nobody is listening to anyone, it seems like, anymore, I'm a person who will listen to you. I must stay up all night. Listening to an old, anxious man. I'm a going out of my way to listen to a middle-aged, angry woman. I'm a person who will listen to you. It says it's a a person, wisdom from God, is a person who is um, full of deeds of humility and full of mercy I'm just a person who welcomes unwanted people. I'm a person who will seek the unseen. That's all I care about is just loving people. It's just the life of Jesus in a human being loving people, reaching out to them, caring about them, being kind and sweet and soft and soothing instead of sour and bitter and judgmental and harsh. That's the most important thing in the world right now because there is a message. That people need to hear. And they're not gonna look at a person and say, You are so mean and judgmental and sour. What's your secret? I'd really (laughs) like to have some of that. (laughs) You know, but when they look at someone, who is committed to Jesus and commissioned to share, who would follow him anywhere and is ready to go everywhere to love people and share this message, and someone says to you, you're so kind. You're you're such a sweet person. Nobody's listening. You have time for me. You're listening to me. Why are you the way you are? And that's the capital that we have to spend. And that's who we are, everyone. We're new kinds of humans. And this matters. The life of Jesus flowing out through an old stick is what matters in this world more than any other thing. And um, I guess I think. How do I get that to matter to me? Like, does that really matter to me? Does like the thing that matters to me more than any other thing is that I live to be kinder? That The only thing I really care about is learning to be sweeter, is learning to be more soothing, is learning to be a person who listens, and learning to be a person who seeks people that nobody sees and who welcomes people that nobody wants. How, is that, how does that become the most important thing to me? And there's one person I forgot to tell you about in this story. Um, And the question I would ask you is this. Are you happy yet? Like, I mean, if you do feel like, you know what? I am pretty mean. Or I am pretty judgmental. I kind of judge people all day long. And um, I kind of do feel that way. Like, I'm kind of sour a lot and um, kind of bitter a lot. Are you happy yet? Is that really making you happy to be that way? Because in the very first verse, Jesus said, I am the vine. My father's the vine dresser. And he's going around, and he's pinching stuff. He's pinching things off of that branch that doesn't belong there. And that bitterness I feel, that person I won't forgive, that judgmentalness that I have all day, the reason that it's making me unhappy is because the Father's pinching it. He doesn't want it. He wants fruit. He wants jesus He wants kindness, gentleness, and sweetness from me. And I think if you get a taste of it, you'll find this is the happiest I've really ever been. And the world is needing us to be this way. Kindness and gentleness and love from people who love Jesus. Nothing matters right now in this world more than that. Oh. I forgot to tell you one thing. You know what abide means? That was this whole thing with you know what abide means? You know what abide I thought. You know what abide means? Jesus is like, look at, the, look at it, look at the vine, look at the stick, be the stick. Like, just <laughs> the stick is just on the vine. Like, just depend on the vine. Tell Jesus every day, I'm unhappy being miserable the way I am. I'm unhappy judging the crud out of people all the time. I, I'm just kind of unhappy. I want to be happier. I want to be sweeter. I want to be kinder. Help me, Jesus. Help me do this today. Help me today. Help me, help me, help me. Help me every day. I'm going into a difficult situation. Will you help me be sweet? I'm going into a a person that kind of triggers me. Will you help me to be kind? I'm going to be a stick. You're going to be a vine. We're going to do this together. Mm. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) <laughs> Help us to be sticks. Help was to be sticks in the vine. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, I do ask you to give so, at least somebody in this room a taste for that this week, a taste for what it feels like to depend on you hour by hour to be a person that I couldn't be in any other way without you. Amen. What did you make me for?
0: Calling me to What do you have in store If I go